Thank you for joining us today for Sunday School Chronicles. We're happy you decided to join us. Find yourself a seat because class is now in session. Last week we learned about these four topics. Sin, the law, death, and grace. Number one, we learned that sin happened in the Garden of Eden, which was a perfect place. Adam and Eve sinned, and so because they sinned, we are born in sin. Sin is a debt that we can't pay. Sin um, makes you owe a debt to God that you can't pay. The Bible says in Romans 6.23, the payment for sin is death. Well, obviously, I don't want to die. Something has to die so that our sin can be paid for. That's why in the Old Testament... Uh, so, the, okay, I'm going to go quick, but I'm going back. How do we know what sin is? We talked about this last week. How do you know what you're doing is wrong? How do you know how fast you're driving is breaking the law? It's signs, speed limit signs on the interstate tell you if you're going 70, that is the speed limit. If there are no signs on the road you're driving on in the near future, you're going to think you can drive however fast you want to go. You're not going to pay attention to it. And what's going to happen? Potentially could happen. You're going to have a wreck or you're going to, yeah, it's dangerous. Okay. So not knowing the law is dangerous. Okay. There was a day in before the law was given by Moses, got to, from God to Moses on the mountain, there was a day that people sinned and it wasn't accounted to them because they didn't know they were sinning. It's as if a child didn't know they were doing wrong until they get taught they're doing wrong. So that's how gracious God is. Up until the Ten Commandments was given by God on the mountain by uh, Moses, sin had happened over and over and over, but it wasn't accounted unto them. So here's the law. Uh, we know the Ten Commandments. I'm not going to go over those. You can listen to the lesson we taught last week. So because there was law, they were presented with what they were doing wrong. Then they were like, what do I do about it? I can't make this payment. I can't make myself right. I can't go back to the future and fix what I did wrong. How can I pay the debt that I owe, but I can't pay? So God orchestrated this process of sins being pardoned. And it was through death, but it wasn't death of a person at that, at that time. It was a lamb, a goat, a bull, a ram, a pigeon, a dove. And they had to be clean. They had to be spotless. You couldn't have a broken leg. You couldn't have a broken uh, wing. They had to be perfectly spotless because that was the sacrifice that was going to God as a, I'm going to use a fancy word, propitiation for their sin. It is a instead of. It is a payment for. That's a, well, you all are going to have to get used to those big words because not only are you going to learn the Bible, you're going to learn a little bit of school and you're going to learn some big words because, because why? What did we say? Knowledge is, so I don't have any animals to kill. I don't want to die for the wrong that I've done. I don't want to give my son or my daughter for the sins that I've done. How in the world do I make the payment when I can't afford it? We talked about last week, imagine having, imagine taking a loan out for $10,000 or uh, $50,000 or $100,000. Imagine maxing your credit card out for $20,000 
and you don't have the money to pay it. And they start calling you. The bill collectors are, are calling, and you're like, I'm sorry, I don't have the money. But they're like, your payment is due this time of the month, and if not, we're going to take your home. We're going to take your house. We're going to, you're going to pay, make some kind of payment for it. Okay, and you're like, I don't have it to give. What do I do? Let's just imagine if I was in $100,000 worth of debt that I wasn't making the payments. God forbid something happens to me and I go to heaven. Guess Guess whose problem that is? It falls on my kids. They're the ones that has to make that payment because of what I did wrong, because of the debt that I got myself in, unfortunately. So that's what Adam and Eve did in a sense. They racked up some debt by sinning against God and their children and their children's children from every generation owe the debt that it cannot pay because of what they did. There is a reason for a court to be in session. God is this judge who opens the book of his law and says, okay, if you sin, you, the payment for that is death. If this, if you, okay. And so you're like, oh my goodness, I've done if you were to line out the Ten Commandments and let's just say I've broken two of those, you've lied or you've stolen or I've lied or I've stolen, well, it's as if I've broken them all because if you've broken one, it's just as if you've broken them all. And so God's like, you've got to make this payment. And God's not a, God is just, but God is love. You know why? Because God sends his only son to this world for God to love the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. God sent his son to be our lawyer. God sent his son to fulfill the law because the law originally was God's law. God's like, you know what? I know these people can't fix their problems, so I'm going to send my son. <coughs> the Bible says this <clears throat> to be the propitiation for our sins. He's the one who defends us. He's the one who goes to God for us. But if we don't call on Jesus, he's not going to force his way on us. Jesus comes with a five-letter word to help us. What is that word? What's your name? Grace. Grace. It's grace. Jesus comes with grace. Grace. Grace is unmerited favor. Grace is getting something good that you didn't deserve. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8, God saved you by his grace when you believed. God didn't save you because you were a good person. God didn't save me because uh, God didn't save me because I was raised in church. You're not saved by works. You're saved by grace, but through faith. Faith is the conduit that grace is brought through. Imagine you're working at a factory and uh, there is liquid in the factory. Let's just say it's a milk factory or, or a water bottle factory. Water is the grace, but grace has to get to the bottle somehow. How does it get to it? There's machines that run through pipelines and through these pipes. Let me make a better uh, example. Water lines that are in the ground. You wake up, you brush your teeth, you flush the toilet after you pooped. You drink water out of the faucet, which is the same filtered water that you use to poop out of. How do you get that water to your house? What what is under the ground that comes from the the water sanitary station that filters all that 
water to get to you to drink again. It's pipelines, okay? So that water that gets cleansed represents, I'm going to say, this grace comes through. But how do you get that grace to you? How do you get it? Pipelines. If you aren't connected to the water line, you can't get water to your house. Okay? So, grace is the water. The water line is faith. If you don't have faith, you ain't going to get no grace. Do you understand? So, the only way for you to get grace is to believe. That's why the Bible says we are saved by grace through faith. Okay? Grace. We talked about Noah's Ark, which is a very good example of the grace of God. God saw that the earth had become so corrupt and filled with violence. He observed all this corruption, and he's like, you know what? I kind of regret even making creation because of how bad they are. Is there someone that just will serve me, and I won't wipe everyone out? So he looks around, and he sees this man named Noah, who is actually serving God. Out of every living person on the earth, Noah was the only one that loved God and his family were gracious enough to kind of go along with it. So God told Noah, build this humongous ark that took over a hundred years to build. In the process, Noah was preaching to the people, telling them rain is coming, flood is coming. The earth is going to be destroyed by flood unless you get into this boat. And they laughed at him. They mocked at his preaching. They didn't believe. Some scholars believe that at this time, we talked about this last week, there had never been a torrential heavy rain like this. Some even believe that it had never even rained rained before, which is why they thought flood, like, how's that going to happen? So I'm not like telling you that's true, that it had never rained, but I'm just telling you what I'd heard. Some people believe that it had never rained enough to flood. So anyways, the door was open. There was a long time that was a period of grace for those people to believe and get in. No one did except for Noah and his family. And at the right time, when the, right before the rains and the floods started to come, the Bible says that God shut the door. God, not Noah, not his family, not the horses. God closed the door of the ark, which represented it's over. Your time is up. This is similar to what happened. The flood started to come. The boat didn't just sail off. The flood started to rise and the boat started to move. All of the animals that walked in and Noah and his family were the only one that saved. I truly believe that there was more room than just for the animals and Noah. So this represents a time when grace, uh, they didn't have faith. So they couldn't get the grace. Do you understand? These people that, were, that died, all this humanity that died and drowned, they couldn't get grace to them because they had no faith to believe. Also, the grace is what, the reason why the door closed. Yes. Okay. So there's a two-side story to the grace. You listen. The door open was being gracious to those outside to come in, but the door closed. Guess what happened to the grace? The grace was encapsulated in that ark. Because grace said, because Noah and you and your family believed, I'm going to cover you. I'm going to protect, protect you. I'm going to shield you from what's happening to those without faith. So grace, was, grace didn't just go away. Grace was where faith was, and faith was in that ark with Noah. Always remember that. Grace goes with your faith only. Okay. 
Last thing I'm going to say about this before I'm going to try to get to this next part, and I probably won't have much time. Grace. There will be a day and time, like right now, um, we are living in um, what the Bible calls uh, dispensation of grace. Ephesians 3, 1 through 3 says this, the bottom scripture. I'm sorry if I'm talking fast. I'm trying to get through. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ, Jesus, for you Gentiles. Indeed, you have heard of the, was it? Dispensation of grace of God, which was given to me for you. That means the dispersion, the giving out of something. It's dispensed. Like, think of a dispenser, how you pour something out. I want you all to remember this. I want, this analogy is the best for you to understand what grace is and how to get it. Dispenser, yeah. There's things that you want in life, but you can't get them unless there's something. You have to have a conduit to get those things to you. You have to have, and once again, I want this to stick in your head. Grace is what you need, but faith is the conduit that gets it to you. Faith in what? What did we talk about for Easter? What did Jesus do for us? He died on the cross for our sins. What was he? He was the lamb. The Bible says this in the prophecy in the Old Testament. Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. John the Baptist. When Jesus came to him to be baptized, John said, Look, there is the Lamb that takes away the sin of the world. The payment, the propitiation for our sin. He was the one that died so that we could live. We all sin because who sinned? Why was I born in sin when I didn't do anything when I was born? Okay. They had a credit card debt that they didn't pay. They couldn't pay because they disobeyed God. And how do we, how are we graced with forgiveness? How do we get our debts paid for? Forgiveness. Repentance. The Bible says this. For by grace you have been saved through, what's the conduit? What's the pipeline? No, that's the, that's the water. What is the conduit that gets the grace to you? No. Keep going. Don't. Faith. If you don't believe that God sent his son to die for you, and you don't believe that him dying for you, Luke, was enough to pay for your sins. And you don't believe that he loves you. If you don't believe that the sacrifice that he made for you didn't happen, then you can't get the grace. The people outside of Noah's Ark did not believe. They did not have faith. Therefore, grace couldn't get to them. They closed themselves off from the pipeline of grace because the faith. So once again, I'm going to ask this and go on. We need what to pay for this uh, debt? Well, we need faith, but grace. uh, Okay, grace. And I like to use the word mercy with it too. Grace and mercy. If someone's merciful to you when you've done wrong, think about that. Grace and mercy are really close to each other. How do you get the grace and mercy for the debt that you owe that you can't pay? Who has it, first of all? God has it. How did he give it to us? John 3, 16. He's the only son. Okay. 
how do we connect ourselves to this grace? What is the line? What is that pipeline? Faith. Say the pipeline is faith. When you build a house and you put faucets in, you put shower heads, you put a refrigerator with a water dispenser, and you just build a house and you don't have any pipelines, outside on your street, there's a water line that runs, a big, humongous water line that houses are connected to to get the water to the house so that they can have a supply of water underground it's underground water if you don't if that, if the builder doesn't connect the house to that water you can have the most beautiful shower head you can have the most beautiful refrigerator you can have the most beautiful sink girls that, to wash dishes and that couldn't be in a magazine but if you're not connected to the water line like, that's a joke. Like, that's embarrassing. Like, people walking around acting like they're saved and looking like they're saved, but they are not connected to faith. Toilet that don't flush. Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> so once again, I'm going to say this and go on. What do we need because of the debt? Two words. Grace and Mercy. mercy. How do we get those two things? Faith. If you don't believe in what he did, you can't have the grace. You've been saved by grace through faith, not by works. It is a gift of God. Don't boast about it. All right. Okay, this is what I was going to get to here before I halfway go in the next lesson. Right now, we just read the scripture that says we're living in a dispensation of grace. Jesus paid the price for us so that through faith we can get that grace to us so that our sins can be forgiven and we can be, have mercy so that we can actually come before God boldly because the blood of Jesus has been applied to us. Okay? Listen, when you believe, the Bible says the blood of Jesus washes your sins away. The blood of Jesus washes your conscience from sin. When your faith is exclusively in the fact that Jesus paid the price for you, you stop trying to be a good person and you stop worrying about failing. It just comes second nature. When you do wrong, let's just say you fly off the hat, you get mad like me and Luke has this such bad temper. Like, honestly, we could just kill a cow. We could get so mad. Right? <laughs> right, Luke? What, do we, what can we do? So, so, okay. And if that bothers you, don't go to McDonald's anymore. Just saying. Okay, so how do we, like if we've done wrong, let's just say, let's just say me and Luke goes to the gas station and I don't have any money. And so he's like, Isaac, let's just put the gum in our pocket. <laughs> I'm joking. And then we go out and I'm like, Luke, we shouldn't have done that. That was wrong. Like stealing. Isaac, that was a bad idea. <laughs> but see, you're the one that, you suggested it though, right? No, your fault. I'm telling your dad. <laughs> you stole gum, imaginative, just in your imagination. It's just as if you sin, Luke. Shame on you. Where did you come up with this stuff? So how, like, how do you get that, that grace forgiven? Well, when you sin, most of the time when you do wrong, you were 
faith has been taken away from the face of God. And I, I like to use this analogy when Peter walked out on the water. Quick story. The disciples got on a boat. Jesus had went ahead of them. Storm came. It was nighttime. Extremely bad storm. They looks out and they see this man walking on water. And they're like, oh my God, it's a ghost. What in the world? Who is that? And Jesus said, called out to them. And Peter knew who he was. So Peter said to Jesus, tell me to come to you. And Jesus said, come. And I love that. Like you're never supposed to step out to do anything for God until you have felt God lead you in that direction. So Jesus said, come out. So Peter, guess what Peter did? He stepped out of the water, out of the boat, and he stepped on water as if he was walking on land. He started walking to Jesus. He was, he, as he was walking to Jesus, his faith, his face, those two words go hand in hand in this story. Peter's faith and his face was toward Jesus. He took two or three steps, and all of a sudden, he started paying attention to how bad the winds were, the waves. He looked left and right. He started panicking. And what happened? He started to sink. When your faith and your face is facing Jesus by believing in what he did, remembering what he did, not forgetting it, meditating on it day and night, thinking about it, believing on it, reading it, listen to music about what Jesus did, your faith is facing Jesus and you can walk on water. Yes, you say, um, I can't walk on water. Living right for God in the most corrupt world we've ever lived in is like walking on water. Not giving yourself into sinful things and um, not lying, not uh, being evil, being obedient, doing things that other kids don't think is possible. They want to do their way. And they're like, how in the world are you like good kids? Like, how do you all want to be kind? Like, I don't understand that. How do you love uh, a God you can't see? You are walking on water in a sense by living as a Christian, serving a God that you can't see, but inside of your heart, it's done something to you all. I seen your all's emotion when you watched the passion of the Christ. That was the Holy Spirit working on you. That wasn't just Oh, I watched a sad movie about a dog crying. Like you cry and you get over it. But I can more than likely imagine that that has not, that has like changed your all's life. That is walking on water. So guess what happened in that story when Peter sank? Did Jesus look at him and kick him to the side and say, you fool, you shouldn't have took your face off of me. You deserve to drown. I'm going to let you drown for a little bit before I pick you up so you learn your lesson. Wouldn't that have been wrong? That's what people, okay, listen, huh? It, that's called condemnation. And guess what? There are people who claim to be Christian in some churches, and that is how they represent Jesus. So the reason why the culture we live in today, most of them think that Jesus or God is a dictator. He is a condemner. He's not a God of love and he's not real. It's because people have misrepresented who God really is and that has pushed people away. That's why... Tell the brownie story. Brownie. So here, here's, the, here's the story. I'll tell this and let me remember where I'm going back at. Uh, what he's meaning is you can believe in God and love Jesus and all that and have a little bit of wrong in your life and think it's okay. For instance, 
in your thinking, a wrong understanding. There was a, there was a youth pastor uh, woman who did this uh, story for her kids. She's like, guys, I made these brownies for you. And she brought these brownies. She set them before them. She's, and they were, they were like digging into them and eating them. And they're like, listen, I'm not joking with you. These are the most delicious brownies you've ever had in your life. This is Dutch cocoa from Holland. The butter is homemade from Amish. It just like come off the churn last week. The sugar is granulated straight from the cane. It's, it's absolutely the most delicious brownies. And the chocolate chips are the best chocolate chips you can get. They're they, the Ghirardelli kind. They're delicious. And they're eating it. And there's just a little bit of dookie poop in there, but just a tiny bit. But I'm not joking. They're the most delicious brownies you have ever had in your life. I mean, they were, they were, they're moist. What, what's so wrong with that? But what about all of the good stuff? Right. So, so here's, here's the reason, and we'll go through this again. We've been through this before. It doesn't matter how good you have everything else in order. If you have one tiny bit of your understanding and your concept about God wrong, then it corrupts your way of expressing who God is. And it can make you sink and you can pull other people down. Okay, let's go back. Bring your brain back to Peter sinking in the water. Jesus didn't condemn him. He reached out his hand and guess what Peter did? He took his faith and his face off of what was happening. You ever, you ever like had a happy moment with Jesus and you've really been happy with God. You've been so emotional about God. You feel like God's doing really good things for you. And you're, you just, you're, it's easy to be a Christian sometimes. And then like hard things happen. You start to feel depressed. You start to feel frustrated. Like maybe someone says something mean to you. Maybe like someone hurt you or maybe like, like hard things are happening in your life and your family and your home. And all of a sudden it's just like the storm that Peter was in and he looked to the left. He took his faith in his face off of Jesus and he's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to drown. This, there's no way in the world that I'm going to get through this. Like, how am I standing? All of a sudden, bam, he falls and he's drowning. And that's exactly what happens to us. Peter Pan. You know the story? You've watched the movie? Have you ever seen the old one of, with Robin Williams? I don't know. That so... Okay, you wouldn't know. So I know this is random. Hook. It's the hook. It's called hook. So there's a random. It's random, and you may not remember this part. But Robin Williams has to think happy thoughts, or he can't fly. I mean, uh, Peter Pan has to think uh, happy thoughts. Okay, and even the new version of Hook, the boy has to think happy thoughts, and he 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 knows he's supposed to fly, but every time he jumps. He falls to the ground because he's thinking about the hardships that he's had to deal with in life. Well, all of a sudden, something happens, and it reminds him of like his child when he was a baby and how his child made him so happy was boy when he was born, and he jumps off, and in with that thought, he begins to fly. This is completely random, but when you watch the movie, it makes sense. That's kind of what we have to do. You have to remember the goodness of God so that you don't sink. I don't, I'm not always walking in faith. There's times where I get so frustrated with life to where I take my faith in my face away from Jesus 
And guess what? I'm sinking in my own despair, frustration. I've been there. So it's not like you're going to be condemned for that. It's just not a fun place to be. At the gas station. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Like, at that, in that imagination, imaginative thought, when me and Luke stole the bubble gum, my faith and my face may have well been away from the fact that Jesus was my provider. And I may not have had the money to buy the gum, but we could have walked out and said, let's pray, Luke. Lord, make a way for us to have money. And all of a sudden we walk out and there's a dollar bill on the ground with no one there. And so... But Jesus looked down at Peter and picked him back up and he stood back on the water again. That was a great example of grace through faith. Peter's faith, uh, he disconnected himself from faith, which meant he couldn't have the grace to have the favor to stand on that water. But he put his faith and his face back on Jesus. He got reconnected to that pipeline of grace and he stood on the water. I am not, I cannot believe I took this long to recap this lesson. So next lesson is next week. So here's the last part I was going to tell you. We are living from the day that Jesus died on the cross and rose again for us. The grace period dispensation began for us so that we could get to heaven simply by believing. The Bible says this, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That is simple as that. There's no special prayer. There's no specific word you have to pray. You just have to believe, just like the Polar Express. The boy could not hear the bell to save his life until what happened. At the end of the movie, he believed. And what, what did he do after he believed? He heard the bell. If you don't believe, you will not hear what the Spirit of the Lord wants to say to you. If you don't believe, you will not have the grace to walk on water. The Bible says, in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, he will return. I can't break down exact details of what's going to happen. All I know is this. The Bible says, the dead in Christ will rise, and then those who are alive and well will be caught up together to meet him in the air. There will be a day from what the Bible says and what I believe to be where this period of grace, this dispensation of grace will be over just like the door shut on the ark. We are like Noah's and we have our entire lifetime to tell people that God loves you and he died for you and you can, you can live a blessed life and you don't have to struggle with the things you're struggling with. And we are there to help them through that process.